Welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanz on this live broadcast from Washington. Here are some of the top stories making news across Sudan and South Sudan on this World Radio Day, Tuesday, February 13, 2024. Some South Sudanese living with disabilities say they are not able to access information from radio due to poverty. Radio is a very important tool. It is good for those who are living in town, but uh, in the rural areas, because of the poverty, majority of, particularly our members, don't have access to radio, uh, simply because they, know they don't have radio. And some residents of the South Sudan's capital, Juba, say radio is important to their lives. I use radio for listening to real-time information, like news around the country and the outside world. I also use radio for entertainment like music, dramas, and other educative programs to the society. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. As people in South Sudan mark the World Radio Day, the chairperson of South Sudan Union of Persons with Disabilities, Agostino Ilario says many people living with disabilities in rural areas lack radio sets. He says poverty and other factors has prevented vulnerable South Sudanese from accessing information they need for survival. Dennis Logoni reports for VOA from Juba. Some South Sudanese living with disabilities say not having access to radios causes problems for them. As South Sudan marks World Radio Day, Agustino Ilario, the chairperson of the South Sudan Union of Persons with Disabilities, says although radio has contributed immensely to the development of the country, many people living with disabilities still don't have access to radio sets. Radio is a very important tool. It is good for those who are living in town, but uh, in the rural areas, because of the poverty, majority of particularly our members don't have access to radio, uh, simply because they, know they don't have radios. So this is one of the, also one of the challenges. However, radio is a very important tool for getting information on a daily basis. Uh, but people, we people with disabilities also is another way of, uh, of passing information about issues that are facing persons with disabilities. Maywood Lewis, who is visually impaired and represents persons with disabilities at the National Constitution Review Commission, says radio has helped him. In fact, at a personal level, I benefited from radio a lot uh, in terms of um, uh, learning different languages. For example, uh, because of radio, I'm able to speak English, Arabic, French, and a bit of Spanish and a bit of Italian. That's all through uh, different lessons that are broadcasted through radio stations. Also, at the same time, uh, Radio has been quite helpful in terms of accessing the latest events on what is happening around the world. For example, hearing about a lot of conflict in Ukraine, conflict in uh, various parts of the world, and at the same time also hearing about different uh, new developments in the field of technology. Uh, radio continues to be important in my life and in life of many people with uh, disabilities. Many people without disabilities in South Sudan say radio is an essential tool for success and a beloved companion. Rebecca o- government chief whip in the parliament and the former veteran radio journalist says radio remains her best friend. Radio is very important. And uh, radio educate, entertain, and, uh, you know, it, it gives a lot of knowledge and can reach far and wide, uh, especially uh, 
the grassroots and the simple people on the ground. If you want, I can also bring communities together to share on issues of importance. So I want to congratulate um, all of us, the media and the public and the journalists on Radio Day. And I say that as a mother of the radio, I still feel radio is my friend. And then and I keep the radio wherever I am. And uh, it's my entertainer, and uh, I love it so much. And I want to encourage uh, people outside there. And if you have a gift to your community, please buy them a radio and some batteries mm-hmm. and encourage them to listen to it because it's uh, very important to our lives. Many South Sudanese, like Robert Pitea, the chairperson for Chamber of Commerce in Central Equatorial State, says traders depend on radio for their businesses. So I'm happy. Today is a radio day. You know, radio is a, is immediate, uh, most effective and immediate way of passing information to our traders. And most of traders, they don't read newspapers, but they listen to radio. See, 99% of them get our information through radios. Sara Keko lives in Monoki residential area. She says radio connects her community with the developments in the South Sudan's capital, Juba. Kiko says people in her village rely on radio for credible information. When we look at the community, like especially in my village area, many people use radio. Sometimes you can get, maybe you you are not listening to the radio, but you will get somebody calling you from somewhere or down even in the village and telling you, hey, there is something going on like this and like this. In Juba, is it correct? And you will be automatically, you will be like, How did you get this information? I'll be like, It was been uh, announced in the radio. Paulino Lukudu Obede, a lawmaker in South Sudan's legislature, says radio helped him to know the issues affecting his people in the villages. Majority are still depending on the radio. And I can clearly tell you that I am among the people who are currently uh, one of the constitutional post holders in the country. And I also depend highly on radio to have access information like the news bulletins, some certain programs and uh, also listening to the views of the citizen because it is only the radio station that majority we can hear to more than two, three, four, five views of our citizens regarding the activities of the government and how they wanted us to improve. Andrew Okwera is a construction worker who says radio keeps him busy during his shifts. He says the medium has opened his eyes. Yeah, I like the radio because I get information, news, sports and anything occurring over the world. Yeah, a radio is a fine, easier way of communication. You hear things, whatever you are just at the countryside or just like in Rock City here, you can get information, news, wherever you can listen. World Radio Day is celebrated annually on February 13th to remember the contributions that radio makes around the globe. For VOA News, I'm Dennis Logoni reporting from Juba. Still on radio, some residents of Upper Nile State capital, Malakal, say radio has contributed towards peace building in the state. Many listeners in the state capital say communities in Upper Nile State are living in peace due to positive effects of radio. Mamer Abraham Quart reports from Malakal. For the seven-year-old Michael Lemonjok, a father of four, says he has been listening to radio since 1995. He says the medium has helped him gain knowledge. Monjok says radio programs played a pivotal role during Sudan's referendum in 2010 by disseminating information to the citizens on how to vote and on the proposals for unity or separation. 
More people getting information about referendum through radio. What I have gained through listening on the radio, I have gained more knowledge at the level of the world, at the level of uh, our country, at the level of this state even. It has changed my life a lot because through radio I have found out that education is a part of life. 45-year-old Peter Wiendeng, a father of six children, has had his radio set for 34 years. He says he was inspired by his elder brother, Bolden, in 1990 to listen to radio. Wien says radio programs helped him during the COVID-19 pandemic. He says he also received information that helped him and his family exercise preventive measures against cholera. Radio is very important indeed to give you accurate information across the country or across the world. When the coronavirus is here, South Sudanese, they cannot aware on the corona, how you can prevent yourself. You get all these things through the radio. Uh, that is why I like radio indeed. I benefit on it. I used to prevent myself. I used to wash my hands. And even if there's outbreak of cholera, it can give me also information. How can I prevent my salad and my kids? The radio also give me benefit through education of the young child. Important of the guy to be in school. A young Tim, a father of five children living in Upper Nile State, says he accesses news about childhood vaccinations, disease outbreaks, peace messages, and job advertisements through radio programs. He encourages media houses to broadcast peace messages. Radios, they are not uh, covering the, the whole country. Uh, they only uh, reach some few areas. I encourage most of the people who are educated so that they can always listen to the radios. And whenever they have uh, got this information, they can also share uh, with the other people. He says the government should grant journalists unlimited access to information from the community. Attempt says journalists are vehicles for sending government policies to the communities. We need our government to allow the journalists to move freely so that they can cover and get the information from the community and pass the information to the community at the same time. And the journalists themselves, we need their commitment. When there is information about the peace, it is you journalists who can uh, disseminate this information uh, to the community. So we need your commitment, we need your support. 70-year-old veteran radio journalist Victor Keriwani says radio should help promote environmental protection and climate change. I would wish the world to be a peaceful one and people instead of fighting, they should put their energies to making the climate very favorable and friendly. So this is the relevance of the radio, that the communication, the messages that should be sent across the globe should be how to make an environment very friendly. He says South Sudan had more radio stations before independence that were better than stations other countries had when they got their independence. It says radio helped South Sudan so much in disseminating health messages and during natural disasters like floods. It says radio should also play a role in disseminating peace messages to address the current wars in Ukraine, Gaza, and Sudan. It says broadcasting does not mean provoking controversy, but that journalism should be loyal, factual, and positive. Wani says 
he has written a book about his broadcast work and asked that the active broadcast journalists should document their contributions to the media in South Sudan for future reference. For VOA News, I am Amir Abram Kuat in Malakal. February 13 was set aside by the United Nations General Assembly as a World Radio Day, and this year's theme is a sanctuary informing, entertaining, and educating. Reporter Juliana Shiapai asked residents of Juba Town about what they gained from radio. My name is Matias Samuel Timatio. I'm a South Sudanese. Happy International uh, World Radio Day to all the South Sudanese and uh, all the people in the world. So I personally, I use radio, you know, to spread the message of peace, especially in our country. That is a South Sudan whereby we have gone through conflicts and a lot of things has happened. So uh, I use radio to pass the message of uh, peace, you know, how to forgive Let's, you know, live in love and harmony. So that is the most important thing. Thank you. My name is Vicky. I use radio for listening to real-time information, like news around the country and the outside world. I also use radio for entertainment, like music, dramas, and other educative programs to the society. I'm Butrus Nicola. I use radio usually when going back home, listen to music, and listen also to the news coverage around the globe and locally. I'm Hannah, Hannah Ura Changanyuan. I'm a first year student in Juba University. I'm doing a business and management science. Uh, I listen to radios because uh, the radio help us to get information, specifically me. I get a lot of uh, information through the radio, things that are happening globally, worldwide, and other important stuff that happening within the country. I use the radio to get this information. I'm called Emma Mike. What do I use the radio for? I, I think most channels are for more of entertainment on my side while I'm driving. I, I normally use the radio in the car. I don't find myself putting the radio when I'm on open space. But when I'm in the car, that's the time that I use the radio for, and which is more to push me in the jam to have entertainment. This is Jan Pospisil, and I use the radio mainly to keep up with the news. Um, in particular, like interviews where you usually get on radio more in depth than when reading or on television. My name is Narani. Um, I use radio to listen to news, music, and educative programs like traffic tips, um, breakfasts in the morning, uh, healthy tips on how to have breakfast and the right meal. Yeah, those are some of the things that keeps me engaged to listening to radio. Hello, my name is uh, Juma, the radio. It has become an integral part of my daily routine and I found myself listening to it uh, every uh, single day, especially when I'm in my car or when I'm driving. The radio provides me with the sense of connections and keep me updated with the latest news, interesting stories. So uh, I wish you a happy radio day. Hello, my name is Nantonia Lopio. As a business person, radio has helped me with advertisement, reaching to a bigger number of people. And it has also helped me stay updated with the current affairs, getting to know what's going on in the country, 
It is a very, very effective means of communication. My name is Muhammad Al-Hadi. I love radio because I know the news from the radio. And I learn a lot of things from the radio. I listen from reports, uh, broadcasts. Radio have a lot of programs. Yeah, those are voices of South Sudanese. On the streets of Juba, Juliana Shiapai collected those voices. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Coming up, journalists covering Gaza face difficulties. Find out why after the break. Hello, listener of South Sudan in Focus. We have an exciting new segment dubbed Words of Wisdom. We want to hear your thoughtful proverbs that echo through your community. This is another chance for you to share wisdom from your roots. All you need to do is record a proverb in a language of your choice, tell us its English translation and what it means. Keep it brief, authentic, and represent your community. Your recorded proverb shall be sampled on South Sudan in Focus every Wednesday. Send your recording via our WhatsApp number, plus one, two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. That is plus one, two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Experts say the Israeli-Hamas war is the most dangerous conflict for media in recent history. Journalists in Gaza say the high death toll makes every report they do vital. But as more die among their ranks and the war expands, their ability to deliver news is rapidly decreasing. VOA's Hada Madok reports from Gaza. Many journalists inside Gaza now live here in Rafah, near the border with Egypt, where the population has grown more than five times since the war began in October. And Gaza residents continue to flee to Rafah as Israeli armed forces move south. Journalists working here say every story could be their last. But then again, so could every trip to the market to find food or fuel, to a hospital to search for missing, injured or dead loved ones or even to bed every night. Palestinian journalist Muattasim Murtaja says covering Gaza is very difficult. A person can be killed reporting any news, he says, or taking pictures for broadcast. Depending on who is counting, the number of journalists killed in more than four months of war between Israel and Hamas varies. But all accounts show that the death toll for journalists is higher than in any other war in recent history. The Committee to Protect Journalists reports 85 deaths, while the United Nations says 122. Journalists inside Gaza say the number has risen to 130 since the last time anyone published a count. Mortaja says the increasing difficulty of reporting from Gaza has made every bit of information they can publish more crucial to the world's understanding of the war from the point of view of the people in Gaza. Mortaja says this war has already made it harder for journalists to deliver the news. But he adds, when a journalist is killed, it also galvanizes survivors making them more determined to get the truth out. The Israeli government has banned the international press from entering Gaza, 
and in December, the Foreign Press Association in Jerusalem petitioned the Israeli Supreme Court for access beyond tightly controlled military tours. The court denied the petition, saying it would cause an undue burden on the Israeli Defense Forces. Inside Gaza, reporters say their ability to deliver the news is rapidly diminishing. Islam Azanun, who works for a large Palestinian news network, says it's a war from all directions on reporters and the community at large. Israel frequently cuts communications, she says, and reporters often cannot get information from areas in the north that are now active battle zones. These were the areas, she adds, that many people in Rafah, like her, fled from. The Israeli government has said repeatedly that it does not target journalists or other civilians, a claim international rights groups and Palestinian journalists dispute. Reporting with Nadal Hamduna and Amjad Tantesh in Rafah, Gaza, Heather Murdoch, VOA News, Istanbul. From radio issues, we go to alcohol issues. The World Health Organization says in Zambia, over 70% of men and over 30% of women are drinking too much, too often. Some non-profit organizations are intervening to help those on the path to recovery from alcohol addiction. Cutty Short reports from Lusaka, Zambia. 49-year-old businessman Bellington Shanzi started drinking beer casually as a teenager, but he says he quickly became addicted to alcohol. My family and relationships were broken because um, it would lead to, you know, little time with, um, I'm a married man, uh, little time with family, little time with even, um, you know, your own siblings and everything, you shun everything. Your budget is distorted. In the end, your life just becomes, you know, centered on alcohol. You become selfish. Bellington has just completed a three-month alcohol recovery program at Serenity Wellness Center, which focuses on providing medicine and therapeutic solutions. The program costs $245 per month over a three-month period. This price tag is beyond the reach of most Zambians, where the average salary is between $300 and $350 per month. The fees cater for logistics like food, medicines, and administrative costs for alcohol recovery participants during the program. For those who cannot afford it or are also grappling with mental health issues, the center offers some free services. Kapamwech Konto is Serenity's founder and executive director. He says part of the problem is that alcohol is cheap and easy to get in Zambia. Almost every shopping mall has alcohol, almost in, in every shop. So people have this opportunity where they are able to buy at any point, at every small instance, every corner in Zambia as a, a spot where alcohol is being sought. Chikonto says that an average of seven people turn up for help at Serenity every day and he says his center is helping about 60% of the people that go through the program while 40% relapse. 38-year-old Musonda Kahenya also says he has completed his alcohol recovery program. He has been sober for a few months now. Because of the heavy drinking, I started missing from I started missing days from work, yeah, losing jobs. Then later on, started having a lot of bills in uh, bars. Yeah, you know, I overdrink what I can afford. 
Yeah, so it became quite a burden, especially on my family members. In 2018, the country enacted a national alcohol policy that sets opening hours for bars and restricts sales in markets and shopping malls. It prohibits consumption by people under the age of 18. But Chikonto says that policy isn't being enforced and points to media reports indicating that 42% of alcohol consumers are between the ages of 13 and 15. Chikonto says his organization is working closely with the government to urgently fine-tune the national alcohol policy. So, like in like in other policies, um, we need to sensitize uh, the population face on the existence of this policy, but as well as on the content. Zambia's Health Minister Sylvia Masebo told VOA that they recognize the problem and says the government will prosecute those ignoring the national alcohol policy. But activists say that's not enough and are calling for tougher measures like fast-tracking the prosecution of offenders to send a clear message. Kathy Short, VOA News, Lusaka, Zambia. From Zambia, we go to Malawi, where a secondary school dropout from rural Malawi has brought electricity to his community using what he says is a groundbreaking air-powered generator by, by, by passing use of fuel, oil, or batteries. Experts have questions about how the system works, but Malawi's government is pledging support. Lamek Masina reports from Doha District. The inventor Ernest Andrews Innovation largely aims to save money villagers spend in buying torches and batteries to light their homes. He says they were facing a lot of problems without using electricity and he thought of trying to make electricity and now all is well. The 18-year-old secondary school dropout says his generator produces 1,000 volts of electricity. He has now connected nine houses from a self-made transformer. He says this system generates electricity using air. To make a light bulb illuminate, he uses power stored in bottles. He experiments with magnetic power to determine how much electricity he can produce. After that, he generates power based on the number of houses he wants to supply. But experts complain of Andrew's failure to articulate how he is using air to generate electricity. Or they say he might be purposely concealing it to prevent others from coping. Ali Katumba is an electrical engineer and a specialist in power generation in Blanta. What type of air is he using? We don't know. What air is doing to produce the power? We don't know. And he's not saying. How is he taking the air into his system to produce uh, electricity? We don't know. And he's not explaining. So how can we appreciate? How can we assist as engineers? Katumba said if he proved real, Andrew's innovation would be rated among the most extraordinary in the world. The innovation 
has convinced skeptical neighbors. Mary Pidi is among those benefiting from free electricity. She says she was among those who doubted his ability to generate electricity that they can use in their homes. But when she saw that he had managed to connect his parents' house, she asked him to connect her house too. Now, life is simple. The villagers use the free electricity to charge phones and plug in electric shaving machines. Andrew's mother, Evelyn Chinguo, says he dropped out of school in 2018 because of lack of school fees. She's appealing to well wishes to assist Andrew with his education, like sending him back to school to improve his innovative ideas because she says the knowledge he is using is inborn. Minister of Energy Ibrahim Matola recently expressed appreciation of the invention. Such innovations can make us achieve access to electricity. But not only access, affordability, sustainability, Authorities in Lower District donated training, electric wires, protective wear, and a gadget for measuring electricity voltage. Mesem Pakule is director for planning and development for the Lower District Council. One thing that we're going to do as a district uh, to make sure that he's, uh, whatever he's doing when he is working on uh, the appliances is safe. The Malawi government has organized a group of experts and identify areas to assist. In the meantime, Andrew is working to connect the entire village and fulfill the government's request to illuminate the nearby public primary school. Lamek Masina, VOA News, Lower District, Malawi. That's all we prepared for you on this World Radio Day, Tuesday, February 13, 2024. Thanks to radio, some of us don't have faces for TV. I'm your host, John Tanza, on this live broadcast from Studio 14 here in Washington. Happy World Radio Day. On behalf of our producer, Kwame Ofori, and engineer Cornelius, we wish you a lovely evening. Remember to join us tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from The Voice of America. Then we can dance real slow To something on the radio Listen to the radio